Welcome, every person ever that's ever existed, whether, whatever timeline you might be in, whether you're in the future, the past, or the present. If you're in the past, leave a note <laughs> <laughs> underneath my uh, the, the uh, hospital that I was born in, and I will go excavating and discovering it, and just <laughs> tell me about your day. <laughs> I want to know how your day's going today. And if you're living in the future then leave me a gift in my mailbox and now that that I'm living in now and <laughs> with a note of what time you are leaving the note so I know to go back to that mailbox and when you are leaving it so in the future past I will know what you said to me and about how your day is <laughs> but if you're in the present you can just tweet at me so anyway we have this is the Michael the Pre Variety Hour it is an art showcase and comedy podcast where we showcase local musicians, local artists, local poets, you know, etc. etc. Fire spinners. Fire. I would love to have a fire spinner on the show. I don't think. It'd just be like. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if we could actually have like real the the fire. Look spinning at these ceilings. You got here. it. What are these like yeah, six and a that. half foot ceilings? <laughs> yeah, these yeah, are perfect. You got to crouch down whenever we get in here. It's, yeah, you know, it's in the basement of a student center. You know, not, what could go wrong? <laughs> Nothing. I don't think there are any sprinklers in this room either. Are they, yeah. They oh, are. right above you. Oh, yeah, right above me. I'm safe. You guys are you guys oh, are man. in trouble. It you got the, like, the little smiley man. I've got the flashing light, so yeah. I'll see that. Yeah, you'll know. So, yeah. All right, so if anyone knows any fire spinners, whether you're in the past, future, or present, let me know. <laughs> and, Specifically, uh, future spinners. Fire spinners, I bet would be. Yeah, if you're like, really if, cool. if you're like one of those like mothers or fathers who's like puts a lot of expectations on their children when they're little, and you're like, There's hey, just my baby fire spinning yeah. training camps out there. I'm sure. You just know what? It's a big world. It's a big, big world. There's a lot of niche hobbies. I'm sure there's got to be some sort of like baby fire spinning daycare oh, thing. Yeah. Or maybe future, maybe they be. spin their babies around a fire. Like. Like put a little like fire cap on the kid. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See now we're on. Like that man. Now we're giving. We're, we got some good ideas here on the Michael Dupree Variety Hour, and we also have some good guests on the Michael Dupree Variety Hour. We have Virginia Violet and the Rays, or two tenths of Virginia Violet. <laughs> so one one fifth. One fifth. Yes. One fifth of Virginia Impressive. Violet Impressive. and the Rays. Fresh show. Yeah. <laughs> one fifth. That's two tenths. That's a lot of people in a band. Yes. What do you? What do you? What is Virginia? I know what Virginia Violet and the Rays is, but for the people who don't know what Virginia Violet and the Rays is, please shout it out from the so top of the mountain. From a, all right, hold on. I'm on the top of the mountain. Yep. Here we go. This is Wayne Radio's exclusive mountain. <laughs> mountain. Um, so we are a ten-piece, sometimes nine, sometimes ten-piece. Uh, Band from the Detroit area. We call ourselves Modern Motown uh, Mm. because we pull a lot of inspiration and influence from that particular genre and its uh, different artists and different sounds. And especially being from the Detroit area and having that kind of history all around us, um, I feel like we 
we try to transition that into a modern feel. We definitely have a little bit of a twist on things, but uh, yeah, so there's 10 of us. There's four horns. Uh, there's a trumpet, an alto sax, a uh, berry sax, and a trombone. And then we have a drummer, a guitar player, a bass player, a keyboard player, and sometimes auxiliary percussion. And I sing, so... Sometimes auxiliary percussion. Yes. Sometimes you don't need that triangle. Sometimes. <laughs> you always need the triangle. No. But, uh, yeah, so we were like a big troop. Everyone's wearing suits. I wear. I mean, I don't wear suits. I wish. You wear the, the female equivalent of a suit. Yes. I did, though, wear a tie on St. Patrick's Day, which was very nice. Was it a so. green tie? It was. It was sparkly yeah, and there green. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. So uh, let, let's, in, let's have you guys introduce yourselves, because as far as anyone who's listening knows, there's just Virginia Violet and the Rays. I'm Virginia Violet. This is Ray. No, mm. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, uh, my name's Virginia. This is Joe. Uh, mm. Joe plays bass. Uh, people who aren't here uh, will start the horn section. Chris Kendall plays trombone. Dave Vasella plays trumpet. Garrett Gaina plays baritone sax. Um, Adam Dibb plays alto sax. Uh, Tommy Porter plays guitar. Eric Childress plays drums. Uh, Evan Mercer plays keys. Nick Sapunas plays auxiliary percussion. And who am I missing? Along with a sometimes rotated cast. No, yes, that's it. That's it. Okay. You got, sometimes you have to double check. Make you sure got a you baseball it. team of, uh, <laughs> of band members. We yes, lost, that's what we, we do on the weekends. <laughs> no, anytime we're bored and we're on the road, we try to figure out good combinations for basketball teams. <laughs> like, what would be the best five-on-five five matchup in the band? What did you decide? No one picks me. No one ever no? picks me. We have a couple tall guys in the band. Dave Vasella and, and Chris Kendall are both six five maybe. Mm. So they're gonna be split up. Is what yeah. We've, what we've come. It up would with. not be fair to have them both. It on wouldn't the same be team. fair to have two giants on mm-hmm. the same team. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Nick Sapunas and Tommy Porter, as you guys know, are both. Fan, uh, friends of the show maybe yep. fans i don't know <laughs> <laughs> fans and friends of the show. i've had uh nick supunas on his gray bliss uh one of the first cool. episodes of the podcast very very sexual man beautiful <laughs> <laughs> beautiful man um he's got like a resting like sexual energy about him he's a great god like, he's a great yeah. totally. <laughs> we his nickname in our band is sweet feet sweet feet sweet feet supunas that's yeah. that's like a, that sounds like an old baseball player name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and up to bat, sweet feet, Sapunas. Part of the part of the baseball team thing. We just carrying that on. So, uh, tell tell you you what is it about the sound of Motown that inspires you guys? Well, I think uh, just just living here in general, uh, you're constantly exposed to nostalgic music culture in Detroit. Mm -hmm. Just being here and driving around the city, you're constantly, things are constantly thrown at you from, you know, um, where you see what happens when industry um, fails to Mm -hmm. a certain point, but also when a city loses a certain amount of its population. Yeah. And, uh, And, you know, Motown and the car industry are very much alike in a lot of ways uh, in terms of production Mm -hmm. and um, output, you know? Um, So that's always just been something that I think is just rooted for anybody that lives here. You don't meet too many people that say I don't like Motown. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And, you know, before this... That's um, actually true. I don't think I've ever met a single person that's been like, or at least someone from Detroit that's been like, I... 
I don't really care for Motown music. Right. I mean, you know? yeah. You don't it's find too good. Yeah. yeah. So much talent. It's and back like, then it was all talent, you know? Yeah. It's just like rooted in our DNA, it feels and like. And it also, like, it just broke a lot of barriers, man. Like, Motown was very uh, integral um, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, not just age group and uh, race mm-hmm. and a lot of, crossing a lot of barriers uh, in that way. So that's also, you know, something that I really... Um, focus on with this band is making access making it accessible for everybody yeah for kids we have old people that come to our shows anybody it's very it's danceable music is yeah. really what we're trying to do and before this you know i'm still um yeah i've been playing in bands around the scene since i was 14 15 mm-hmm. um i play in the kickstand band i play in another band called tinfoil a punk band um we so got i've a, always got a wide range oh yeah so i've always been <laughs> like but i've always been like a rock and roll guy since i was a kid um and i always wanted uh but I always like love soul music and mm-hmm. stuff, so it just kind of worked out when Virginia and I met. Um, uh, I guess it'd be a year and a half ago uh, that we just started making music, and we were just kind of on the same page, and we had this idea that we wanted to make a really big band, something, something huge, you know, mm-hmm. something that people are gonna pay attention to, you know, when we play. So, know. so how did the band uh, get together? So, how did that process kind of? Because that's a lot of people to kind of organize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, like I said, I think we met about a year and a half ago. Um, very cosmic way of meeting. Uh, I just got back from Europe. Uh, I came home. My sister was working at a restaurant. Um, parents picked me up, and we went to this restaurant to meet my sister. Lo and behold, who is our server other than <laughs> it's Virginia? Me. Virginia. Virginia is our server. So. We just start talking right away. Lily tells me, you know, my sister tells me, like, she's a good musician, she's a good player, whatever. And, uh, you know, we start writing, and then immediately we just started writing what was eventually our EP and now a lot of our album that we're working on right now. And we just kept cruising on all these songs, and we just, you know, we're making 10, 12, 14 songs. We're like, all right, well, we need a band. We got to find people that are going to play with us. And I knew, um, I started with people that I knew from high school. Mm-hmm. I went to U of D Jesuit High School up there in Seven Mile in Livernois, and I played in jazz band and jazz combo, and I had a couple players that I knew were great guys and good people and would fit well with the band. Mm-hmm. So I started there, and I called up Chris Kendall uh, and Eric Childress, our trombone player. And that our you knew them from high school? I knew that from high school, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I called them up, and, you know, and I just kind of started organizing and calling up friends that I knew and if not saying hey do you know somebody who plays this or would be interested Mm -hmm. in this kind of project Um, and truthfully we're very lucky in that the first lineup of the band looks very similar to what it is now and we've been around for a year and change now Um, so I feel very lucky that we've had the players that have that have continued to play with us a lot of the people in, in the band as far as I know they were in high uh, college together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, we played the first couple shows uh, with kind of a rotating horn section. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple kids I knew from high school, a couple of other guys in the scene. Um, and then uh, Dave Vasella, the trumpet player, came on uh, as a replacement trumpet player for one of our shows, mm-hmm. Whateverfest in Detroit, uh, the last year. And, um, and we just clicked, and he was like, I got a couple other guys, Adam and Garrett, that we've been playing with for a long time, and they're really solid. He's like, and we'd love to keep playing with you. And I said, great, yeah, that's awesome, but you gotta keep Chris. <laughs> you gotta keep the trombone player in there, and, uh, and he said, great, and we've been cruising ever since. Yes. Rock and roll. Yes. Yep. 
So let's let's throw down one of your guys' first song, your first song that you'll be showing us today. What is this first song? Uh, it is called D D D. D D D. What does that stand for? Uh, that is up to you Triple to D. interpret. Dirty demo days. Yeah, that's really <laughs> what it. That's that's really dog. what it started as we were writing Doo-doo. in Joe's sweaty apartment in the summertime. Was the apartment well, sweaty or were you sweaty? It wasn't even both. the su- yeah, we were both sweaty. Um, no, I guess it really wasn't even the summertime, but. This is the first song we <laughs> felt ever wrote. sweaty. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. It was the first song that we ever wrote together. Yeah. So, um, yeah. All right. So here is DDD by Virginia Violet and the Rays. And if you ask me, I'll be truthful. My mama said no one likes a liar. And if you tell me I am no longer useful to you, I'll pack my bags and stop. That was <laughs> rock and it was roll. Very nice. <laughs> uh, rock and roll and soul and 
and uh, back and soul, etc. Yeah, etc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, tell tell me a little bit about how the songwriting process goes for you guys. Well, um, so it goes a, a few different ways, but generally about the same. Uh, either I'll start with some lyrics, or Joe will start with uh, some kind of instrumental and. Uh, send it my way and I'll sit at home and write to it, put something together, uh, record it on GarageBand on my computer, and I'll shoot it back to him and then we kind of it bounces back and forth until it becomes a fleshed out thing with, you know, usually a little bit of drums and a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, and then we give it to the band and from there it really becomes a fleshed out big sound mm-hmm. um, because you know we will have the guidelines but everybody kind of gets in there and does their own thing with it uh, yeah. which is the really awesome part about playing with such talented musicians so that probably a lot to do with like with such jazz experience people yes. too that's like yeah. they just know so much <laughs> I know it's crazy um, so what what kind of things inspire you to write music what what are the things that you feel like you want to write about well, all honestly, all different kinds of things. And I think being somebody that writes and, and writing lyrics, um, I try to pull from all different places because if I just wrote about my life all the time, mm-hmm. I mean, it's only so I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And especially it's good because it, it doesn't, it allows you to stay excited and stay creative and not get bored. You know, sometimes I'll think of a character in my head and, and write a song about their life or, mm-hmm. or what I think, you know, or, or, things on the news or, or situations in real life that are happening um dreams all the all different sorts of things i really try to pull from a lot of places cool excellent uh, what where what's your perspective on the, the the songwriting process joe um yeah i don't, I don't know i guess if you're a writer i, I feel like you're constantly observing mm-hmm. things yes, you're observing exactly. the world and and um you know, there's impressionists and expressionists, you know, that's a big thing in writing. And do you write from your, you know, things that come at you at the world or, and, and they come inside you and then you regurgitate it out, you mm-hmm. know? And, and I think both of those have merit and both of those have value in writing. Um, but it's important to find a balance for that. Um, and for me, I mean, I, I it's kind of weird because sometimes I'll, you know, I'll be working on a couple different ideas and, you know, sometimes I can feel that I got to push myself through and say, mm-hmm. okay, I'm really close. I can feel the idea coming or, you know, I've been working on this for a little while and I'm, I, I kind of have that drive to push, push through. And then other times you have to recognize like, you know, maybe I needed a little time away from this and I yeah. need to work on something else or I need to, you know, um, get fresh eyes later on, you know, and I think it's really important in songwriting to not burn yourself out but also have enough of a drive to keep producing. Yeah. yeah. You know? So being that you guys are a uh, ten, nine, nine, 10 piece band, uh, th- th- there's not a whole lot of venues in the Detroit area that are big enough to kind of Oh, like, we. Oh, you have no we, idea. How does that work? We will fit. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, we have, we, have played, we have squeezed into tiny places. Yes. Man. I mean, PJ's Vlogger House. You guys, you guys have been able to play we on that stage. Oh, house. yeah. Oh, boy. There's a place yeah. in Chicago yeah. called the Tonic Room, and their oh, stage isn't even a square. It's like 
part of a triangle in a corner and then two little strips on it's the side. Just strips. That's it. So it's just our whole band, I mean, I think there's a video maybe on our Facebook and it just looks like a party up there. I mean, it doesn't <laughs> even look like it looks like it's just a big crowd of people because we're so spread out and everybody's so in it. So it's we'll fit. We yeah. will fit. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, what, we can make it work. What are I'm pretty light. Favorite? I'll sit on someone's shoulders. You know. <laughs> yeah. What are your, uh, some of your guys' favorite venues to play at? In, in in the Detroit area and also beyond? Uh, well, Ooh. we just played uh, Whatever Fest, which was really awesome, and we played That's that Tangent at the Gallery. Tangent. Yeah. yeah. Tangent Gallery and suite. that yeah. was totally cool. Talk about a great venue to have something like mm-hmm. that. Um, and it was just, it was a big stage raised up, so it was cool yeah. to be, you know. So you didn't have to be shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> right, yeah, although nice. that's also yeah. really kind of fun, too, because yeah. you're just all sweating together. Like, like PJ's, we've had some really good shows <laughs> yeah. at PJ's. Yeah. Um, I like I the Loving PJ's. Touch. PJ's, Loving Touch. Yeah. That's pretty much a unanimous uh, uh, opinion about pretty much every band and Smalls, musician I've had on my show. I like show. playing at Smalls. They're like, PJ's Lager House is the place to be. It's yeah. so fun. And yeah. it's like you can fit a lot of people because there's, you know, the outside, the bar room, and then the show room. Yeah. But at the same time, it doesn't take a lot of people to fill it. So yeah. it's like yeah. you can have a really high energy, really intense show in the same way that you could in an, a big, huge, packed arena. But, I mean, of course, you know, yeah. you're with your friends, and it's a much smaller scale. But it's right. really, it's a cool, like, good yeah. energy there. Just Yeah, great vibes in general. So you said Smalls. Smalls um, is great. Their sound's mm-hmm. great. They've got hanging monitors. Love that. Smalls really cool. Um, yeah, there's we've played... Where else? Oh, the Emporium in Chicago. The Emporium, yeah, that's really cool. That was cool. Yeah, we went on a little tour last... March? Was it March? April? Yes, March. Mm-hmm. March. We're on like a little five day tour with ten people. Nine people. <laughs> how uh, did you how did you do that? Three different cars. Nice. That's how we did it. We had three different cars and um yeah, so we just did five days in a row and we went it was four season a K tour. Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati, Chicago, and Kalamazoo. Yeah. Wait, how many venues did you just say five five okay yeah. it sounded like it was six i'm like how did you do that <laughs> <laughs> um so so what, what what what's it like because i'm sure like playing in the detroit area there's a lot of people who are familiar with at least a member of your band so you always have like fans or like people around so what's it like what's the difference between playing in detroit and like uh, chicago cincinnati you know all different places that don't familiar well, faces probably yeah you know, but I, I mean yeah we play here you know it's uh you know, it's easy to tell your, you know, your friend and your friend's mama to come out to the show. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, but hey, I, you know, come out, we're playing this. But, um, yeah, it can be a little trickier to, you know. But actually, all the shows we played, the five that we did out of town, six, because we also did a couple, in, like, one-offs in Chicago. And mm-hmm. They've all been great crowds, good responses yeah, and all I around. Yeah, I think the, so, the lack of know. familiarity can almost be – it lets you get loose a little bit more. And yeah. it's like you don't mm-hmm. – there's no – pressures off a little bit yeah yeah yeah, Mm -hmm. not to even say that it's a bad pressure when it's there or anything like that but it's like you and it it makes it it kind of like a like a like i want to win over this audience these people have never seen me before it's like a challenge you know and it's like holding the crowd the whole time and and putting on a show that people that have no idea who you are still Mm want to watch yeah i think that's kind of exciting there's always something exciting about a first impression oh yeah um, so you guys released your first EP last September, September 2016, called uh, Meet Virginia, Violet, and the Rays. Yep. So I was double checking. Um, <laughs> t- tell us a little bit about your EP. That was what uh, Triple D <laughs> was. That was Triple D. Was uh, yeah, yeah. So we did that. Um, 
recorded with Nick Sapunas, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Nick Sapunas and uh, Drew Bartosik down. I love that guy, too. At, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good people. Yeah. Two great, great dudes. But we uh, recorded down at their studio in uh, Corktown called Hybrid Moments. Mm-hmm. Um, their studio in particular is called Hide Me. Mm-hmm. Um, recordings. And H-Y-D-M-I. H-Y-D-M-I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, H-Y-D-M-I. <laughs> um, that's actually where we practice. We practice in the same building as okay. well. So we're familiar with all those guys and Johnny, the guy that runs it, awesome people. Um, but yeah, so we did it in there. Um, they did a great job. We just did the four songs. We had more at the time, but we're like, well, let's just, you know, get these four. Save and them then for the album. Save for the album, which is mm-hmm. what we're working on right now. Yeah. Um, but it was also mixed by uh, Gordon Smith. Um, who plays in the kickstand band, Wayne State alum, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, and he did a great job. He's also recording our album right now. So, um, yeah, it was a great, it was really cool, and it was kind of new because um, a lot of the horn guys had just joined the band, so, um, you know, we were still kind of, like, feeling each other out a little mm-hmm. bit, like, you know, personalities and stuff, but um, it was a fun process, and um, I personally love being in the studio I, that's yeah that's like i like playing live don't get me wrong and a lot of a lot of the guys in the band you know it's so much fun to play live you yeah know? but i like having the time to draft things out and mm-hmm. experiment with stuff and then go back and you know and then you get like your finished you know? product yeah you know? it's much like songwriting it's very similar yeah yeah and unfortunately we are not wealthy enough to be able to have a bajillion people on stage so in the studio you can add all sorts of fun little yeah. instruments and backup vocals stuff that's stuff not necessarily like that. there when you're playing it live i mean we yep. make it work but yeah, yeah. Not, <laughs> not the same not the same so um you said that you're recording a new album now we are. Tell, yep. tell us a little bit about that well, um, it's going to have 10 songs on it, so it's pretty exciting. Mm. Uh, we've been working really hard. I've uh, been in the studio, um, just got done kind of working on all the horn parts, so the horns are now recorded, and next up it's uh, my turn to get in there, so do the vocals, and then we've got some, the fun instrumentation, the auxiliary and all of those things, and uh, backup vocals, and then mixing, and hopefully have some new music for everybody's ears. What What is... Uh Thematically, do you feel like there's a difference between the EP and the album? Uh, thematically? Huh. Or just in the vibe in general? Yeah, yeah, definitely in the vibe, especially because there's more subject matter in general. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely uh, different things going on. Uh, there's a few different types of songs that we've done. Um, and uh, I don't want to give away too much, mm-hmm. but there's some really uh, interesting, funky, cool, new things that we've been working on. So, And uh, when can we expect to hear some of that stuff? Mm, I would say conservatively, I would say <laughs> springtime. Spring t- say next springtime. next year springtime? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I'd okay. say February, March. But say yeah. it's springtime it has yeah. passed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's no, already uh, out. Winter, no. winter springtime is would be my guess. Cool. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll have you guys back on then to, to promote that. Heck yeah. Hey, no. mm, all right. So nice. what is this next song that you guys will be performing? This will be a live performance. Oh, yeah. We go get the goods. Go get the goods. Well, um, it's going to be a song off of our new album. And, Uh-oh. uh yeah, so it'll be definitely, obviously, the stripped-down one-fifth version of yeah. the <laughs> uh, of the song. But um, you got it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. What do you? What do you? What do you want to do? <laughs> no, you pick. I pick. Okay. Um. Jeez. 
This one is called Chompin' at the Bit. Chompin' at the Bit. Yes.
Yeah, very nice. Very interesting to hear like a band that you normally hear ten yeah, people no. in yeah, and right. just uh, guitar yes. and two voices. And this one's gonna be especially funky on the album. So this is this is Ooh. probably the only time it'll ever be heard like that. <laughs> well, yeah. that's yeah. something to look forward to. And so keep an eye out. You can where can people find more from you guys? Um, so we're waiting to kind of release the new stuff, obviously, uh, until we're <laughs> done recording it. Um, yeah, but um, that's probably helpful. Yes, probably very helpful. But. Uh, <laughs> EP is going to is always on SoundCloud, um, and uh, we're always posting about what's coming up next on Facebook and things like that. Uh, we do have a pretty big show coming up uh, Monday, June twenty sixth. We play at the Magic Stick, opening Ooh. up for Black Joe Lewis and the Honey Bears, who's an awesome. You're opening for Black Joe Lewis and the yeah, Honey Bears. Yeah, wow. they're an awesome soul band from Austin, Texas, yeah. and uh, they are super fucking sweet. I'll take yeah. the ten dollar fine for the. Yeah, yeah, but no, they're really great and uh, very excited about that. So that's on Monday, June twenty sixth, Magic Stick. So yeah, I saw them. I saw Flogging Molly like uh, seven years ago or something like that, and I had never heard of Black Joe Lewis before. They opened, and I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah. Can you just play yeah. the rest of the time? They're <laughs> like, so good. I like, yeah. didn't even want to see Flogging Molly anymore. That's an interesting. That. Mix <laughs> yeah, it mashup. really was. Yeah, I, yeah it's not something you would expect. Weird mashup. Right yeah, it, it worked though. It was cool. <laughs> that's awesome. Um. Well, yeah. yeah, well, we hope to see you at the show, as well as yeah. every human that ever existed, past, present, and future. Yeah, come on, everybody, yeah. in every timeline. Come on yes, down to yes. Black Joe <laughs> Lewis and the Honey Bears and Virginia Violet and the Rays. It's a lot of ampersands. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I, that's, yeah, yeah. Honestly, I was, it's always been my dream to have that. So, yeah, yeah the band no, name. No shortage of ampersands. No. So, they, uh, where we, you can find you guys on Facebook, yeah? Facebook, Instagram. Instagram is at VV and the Rays. VV and yeah. the Rays. Which is also on Twitter. Yeah. And our website is vvandtherays.com. Great. Yep. Well, thank you guys so much for being on the show. Thank you for thank having you, us. Been yeah. wonderful, wonderful, joyous guests. And when we come back, we will have another wonderful, joyous guest. So stay tuned. Yeah. No, no turn in the channel. No, no, no. Keep that hand off that clicker. Yeah, there Get you go. Get that <laughs> hand off that clicker. <laughs> Welcome back to the Michael Dupree Variety Hour on every podcast provider in the whole dang world. Uh, <laughs> we just had Virginia Violet and the Rays on. They're a wonderful band. Make sure you go check them out. But now I am joined by a treehouse architect. His name is Patrick Foon. How's it going, Patrick? Hello, Michael. Hello, Patrick. How are you? Doing great. You have great. a very fine accent. Oh, thank it's you. It's very sexual. I... Uh, uh, many people mistake me for British. I actually was born here in Patterson, New Jersey, but I've spent most of my childhood in Oxford. So uh, that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, you you spent most of your childhood there and adult life as well. A portion of my adult life, I I longed for the uh, realness and. Uh, earthiness mm -hmm. of America. Yeah. So I returned uh, after my uh, schooling uh, 
my my uh, O levels, as they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I returned here to uh, resume my life and uh, build a career for myself. Hmm. And and that career is being a treehouse architect. Treehouse architecture, yes. And uh, what I, what goes into being a treehouse architect? Like, how do you get into that field? Well, Michael, it's I don't know if it existed previous to me. I like everyone who builds a treehouse is kind of a treehouse architect. Well. I mean, that's like saying anyone who builds a building is an architect. Uh, I mean, oh, maybe. a mini mall could be a building. I, I think it uh, lacks certain uh, aesthetic qualities that uh, I would look for in architecture. Mm-hmm. Uh, functionality is not always architecture. That's fair. Yes. So uh, what... What what got you interested in building in uh, being an architect for tree houses? Well, I've, I I believe it was uh, at an early age, uh, about five or six. Uh, I attended uh, the zoo with my my parents, and uh, we, we we visited the monkey house, mm-hmm. and I saw all these simians in the trees, uh, <laughs> loving each other and. Touching on each other, and well, uh, if you must get coarse about it, but uh, just uh, they had created a life for themselves in the trees, and mm-hmm. it uh, there was something magical about it uh, to watch them frolic and eat and uh, groom themselves, uh, and I, I thought about what it meant to live in the trees. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what does it mean to live in the trees? I mean, I think that's to each individual. Mm-hmm. But I think it offers a perspective that we often miss on the ground level. Mm. Yes. So uh, soon after that, I, I started planning for my first tree house, tree domicile. Mm. Um and since then, I've throughout my life, I've always maintained a earthbound residence and a treebound residence. Hmm. Yes. And uh, which one do you spend more time at? Hmm. Well, these days uh, it's harder for me to get around. I'm a man in my late fifties, mm-hmm. and uh, it's 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 harder to climb. Yeah. Uh, but there's nothing that matches the joy of being in a tree. That's gotta. That's gotta be really upsetting. You have such a passion for tree housing, and you can't. You can no longer climb in one as as easily as you used to. I've I've learned to to accept it that my my days are growing thin, and uh, you know it's it's a life change. And I've had many good years up in the trees. Yeah. Um, so now I've focused my energy on providing others with that experience and uh, letting them live out their dreams uh, above the world, as they say. So tell me about the first treehouse that you ever built. After you, you saw those monkeys and you, you wondered what it would be like yes. to live in the trees, when did, when was the first, when did you first build one and, and how did that go? Uh, my, my father aided me in that process. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were still a boy. I was. I was a small lad. Uh, he 
uh, provided. Was this when you lived in Oxford? It was. Okay. And there were beautiful deciduous trees all over mm. our, our property. And uh, so I picked a very nice one overlooking a stream nearby. And uh, my father, he, he also worked in construction, so I, I believe that helped. Mm -hmm. uh, he, main, he gathered the materials, and uh, I gave him, you know, it, it was a very uh, simplistic <laughs> design at the time. But over the years, I added onto it. I built uh, some uh, Roman columns. Uh, I added a, a sun uh, a burst. And, a uh, sunburst. Yes. What is that? It's a architectural detail. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it was a mishmash of of styles, um, shingles on the roof, mm -hmm. uh, uh, um, uh, a beautiful uh, 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 bay window. Nice. Yeah. It uh, it was stunning. Was by it, the end, was it nicer than the house that you actually lived in? For me, it was. Yeah. My room was, uh, you know, space in England is, is, is much more uh, uh, frugal, I would say, than the United States. And uh, I, 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 I felt more free yeah. up in the trees, as I always have. And uh, so my parents would often m you know, find me missing during dinner and call for me, and I would be hiding in my tree kingdom, as tree I kingdom. called it. Yes. What kind of things did you have inside of your tree kingdom? I had, uh, I was a prolific artist at the time. So many finger paints, mm. watercolors. It was uh, your art studio. It was. It was, it was a, a place for reflection and creation and uh, contemplation mm. and later masturbation wow. <laughs> wow very frank i'm sorry that's okay <laughs> this is an honest an honest place here yeah well um, we've all gone through you know the changes in our youth and i don't think it's anything to be shy about no i i would i would say not no i'd say it's something you should be proud of and you should shout it from the top of a treehouse all right if, uh, if you could sounded slightly uh sarcastic but <laughs> i apologize okay so uh when what is that uh is that structure is that your first treehouse still standing i don't know i haven't been back to oxford for many years i've just been very busy once my business started here uh, there was no end to the demand mm -hmm. um very popular it is it is uh, i mean I won't lie. It's it's mostly among the the wealthier. Uh, my clients are, you know, in a higher income bracket than, yeah. than many. Uh, uh, but lower uh, working class people can't really afford uh, no tree I houses I when they can barely afford their own houses. And I I I harbor a sense of guilt about that. Yeah. And I'm I'm working to try to create forms that. Uh, all people of all economic levels could uh, 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 understand the beauty of, of these majestic structures. Um, I think it soon, soon will be reaching out to, to a wider range of people. Very yes. nice. So when you get started on a project now, well, like how do you approach a tr being a architecting? 
yes. a treehouse for a client? Like, what do you need to get to know about them? Well, I really sit down for uh, roughly within the course of a week. We try to spend mm, 12 to 15 hours together. <laughs> I go through their, uh, I, I watch their daily routine. Do you uh, just watch them? I study them. Okay. I mean, it's, yes, I study mm-hmm. them. Uh, and I I have, a, you know, uh, my process is a three-hour sit-down, uh, silent, uh, just, uh, it's hard to really convey, but almost a psychic connection with them. Yeah. And we stare at each other. You spend so much time together that you you merge minds almost. It's it is. It's a psychic sort of uh, osmosis, if mm. you will. And I, I, not only I, I do speak verbally to them and get you know what they're looking for, what they what they appreciate uh, in a sort of daily experience. But I really try to emphasize comfortability. Um, a sort of openness and I want them to be able to achieve the most they can achieve from themselves very nice yes so uh, w- tell me about your first client tell me about what you saw in them what and how you translated that to what to build for them that's a good question I um, so I, I returned to uh, Patterson, New Jersey, and I returned back into the States, and Mm -hmm. uh, I was working construction, much like my father. He taught me the basics of the trade. And uh, my first client was a a woman, uh, she was heir to a a mayonnaise fortune. A mayonnaise fortune? Yes. What what was, if you don't mind, what was the... uh, She was a Hellman. Oh. Yes. Wow. Lillian Hellman. She was a wonderful, wonderful woman. You know, seventies at the time, uh, and not for her, but for her granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wanted something for her seventh birthday, and she came to me. I, I was doing a work on a on a uh, uh, on her garden, building sort of a trellis um, watering system, and. Uh, she proposed to me a sort of simple design and uh, my my imagination was immediately captured uh, she showed me the tree the house would be built in mm-hmm. and i could see it I- in sort of could you, they, you could physically see it or yes they speak about native americans uh when they look at a landscape they don't see what's on the landscape they see what's not on the landscape and (laughs) much like that i saw the space in between the branches what does that phrase mean (laughs) i'm not i'm not following i mean uh, you really want to take away from the comments you want me to explain what i just said (laughs) i don't understand (laughs) you see what's on the landscape and not what what's not on the landscape they see the negative space oh okay the negative (laughs) okay space (laughs) thank you and I saw the negative space, and I saw what could be constructed okay. in that emptiness. Mm-hmm. And so immediately, I took pencil to paper and began what was 
to this day, one of my favorite uh, creations. Um, solar energy powered, uh, a small uh, wading pool, mm-hmm. uh, of course, a swing set, uh, a swing on the outside, mm-hmm. um, and just a, any a any mayonnaise. No, Michael. No, no. no. She's an heir to the mayonnaise fortune. You know, people sometimes like to separate yeah. their work from their That's fair. person. Mm-hmm. And yes, um, yes, no, she, no mayonnaise. <laughs> no. You, you, you ha- you're having a moment of self-reflection, it looks like. Something happened to this, this, this young girl? Well, perhaps you've heard of Ariana Grande. Yes. She is currently a backup dancer. She's a backup dancer yes. for Ariana Grande. Yes. Oh, that, that's not sad. It looked no. like you were you're tearing up a bit. Well, it, it. I'm just emotional in that it was very meaningful for me. The whole experience. The Hellmans are wonderful people. Yeah. And she was. They have wonderful mayonnaise. It is a good mayonnaise. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, she, uh, the the day of her birthday, when she saw this house. The look in her eye. It, there's just a innocence and a and a, a a sort of unguarded emotional response from a child that mm-hmm. is always has always really affected me. Yes. What is your opinion of Miracle Whip, uh, Michael? I don't think about mayonnaise all that often. It's mayonnaise not, Miracle Whip is not mayonnaise. It's uh, it's similar. I don't use many condiments no. on my sandwiches, Michael. You don't seem like a condiment man. No, it's not a... Mayonnaise isn't particularly British. No. Uh, Mustard? Beyond a finger sandwich or something. Yeah. Mustard is wonderful. Dijon. I have many, many uh, array of mustards mm-hmm. in my house. And uh, that, yes, a, man, uh, a mustard is always... Uh, always welcome. A stinky, stinky brown mustard. <laughs> you seem preoccupied with <laughs> Sorry, mustards, I'm, I'm, Michael. I'm hungry. Are you hungry? Yes. Uh, all right. I'm <laughs> s- I would have brought something. I'm sorry. I didn't ask you. I'm sorry. It smells wonderful in here. Yes, I am baking cookies. So yes, but I can't eat them. Oh, I'm I'm allergic. Oh no, to cookies. Yes. Any any kind of cookie? Yeah, I'm not allergic to eggs or I'm not allergic to chocolate chips. I'm not allergic to anything in the cookies. But the cookies themselves as a whole I'm allergic to. Interesting. Yeah, it's very strange. It's an interesting uh, I have the same uh, problem with a grilled cheese sandwich. Really? I I can eat bread. Mm -hmm. I can eat cheese. Mm -hmm. Butter. And butter. Mm -hmm. But maybe the grilling of it. I'm not sure. But I, I, I swell up. Really? I just swell up and I can't <laughs> speak for several hours. That's upsetting because grilled is. cheese is very good. Oh, I I I miss it dearly. <laughs> oh, you I used to not be allergic. No, it was uh, it happened into my forties. I uh, I don't know what it that was. That is that's a that's sad because when you're once you hit your forties, I imagine that's when you really want grilled cheese. Oh God, that's easy. The cold yeah, winter night dead. with some soup. Oh soup. my, mm, tomato soup, I, tomato. tomato. You, you still eat. Eat tomato soup though. Oh yes. Yeah. Mm. Uh, is Almost your w- daily. Is your uh, is your wife dead? Uh, she did pass away. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, I I was just guessing from the the kind of 
your facial gauntness. It was a compliment. She did. She passed. How did that? How did that happen? Year. It's still very uh, raw for me. Uh, she she fell into a pond, and I think she had been drinking. Uh, my wife enjoyed wine quite a bit, and um, she said she was going for a swim and uh, next thing I knew she had fallen into our neighbor's pond and didn't emerge. I'm so sorry. I, yes. <laughs> Why did she, uh, she she couldn't swim? She could. I think she was she'd been drinking quite a bit. She'd been having a rough week. She was a uh, she was a crossword champion, and uh, she competed uh, internationally, and she had lost to uh, a Bulgarian uh, the week before in the national championships, and did not react well to it. No. No. Well, how, do, how do you mean? Uh, she... She missed the word zygote, and she had been <laughs> walking around the house just muttering, zygote. Uh, you said this was a week before she passed? It, it, it had been, she had lost the week before. Yes. But the entire week had been sort of, you know, she would wake at about three in the afternoon and get a bottle of Chablis and <coughs> mutter zygote around the house. It's just like a, a word that got stuck in her head. She didn't really have any... There was no meaning I, behind I it. I think she was haunted, Michael. Oh. Th- there is meaning. It's, it's a word. Well, I know, yeah, but she didn't know the meaning, necessarily. I think she did not... Wasn't using it as... She a, did not... She was not familiar with it in the context of the clue that was provided. Got it. Oh, I see. Okay. Yes. So she was haunted by the words I, I, th- I, I, I would characterize it as haunted. Mm-hmm. There was a haunted look about her. Do you think her death was like a, a, a release, was probably a saving grace for her? In the fact that she was dead? <laughs> In the fact I, that she was haunted by her failure? Well, yes, she was less haunted after she was dead. I'm sorry, I don't I, mean to upset you. I'm... I don't mind these questions, but it's it's very painful for me. Yes. Okay. Let's uh let, let's let's move on to a different topic. So after your wife died, you <laughs> how do you feel like? It's hilarious. <laughs> Thank you. How do you feel like your uh, opinion or not your opinion, but your your do you feel like your method of architecture for treehouse has changed at all? It's been not very long since she's passed and I I took a break for a while Uh, I there is a new project I've started actually in tribute to her on our property I'm building a memorial tree house a memorial tree house yes what what does that uh, entail it's much like a mausoleum um, 
she was cremated mm-hmm. and her ashes will be placed in the treehouse. She got dried off first before she got cremated, right? Michael, I agreed to the show. <coughs> uh, not... I'm not being compensated. I agreed. I, I, it sounded like a wonderful experience and I'm just not comfortable with your lack of uh, empathy. Yeah, okay, I, I'm, I apologize. Okay. I don't mean to make a joke of you. It's, it's I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to put a smile on your face. <laughs> I... That's not the way to do it, Michael. Okay, I'll, right. I'll, I'll try something else. Um, you like puppies? I do enjoy a good puppy, yes. <laughs> What's a bad puppy? Uh, I've had several. <laughs> really? They Yes. Uh, I don't know. I, I, like, I like companionship. I like uh, to walk with an animal next to me. Mm-hmm. And um, dogs are wonderful. They're, they're, they're expressive and free and... Uh, I, d- I absolutely detest cats. You don't like Never, cats? No. No. Don't care for cats. Cats are probably the animal that most spends their... The, that most enjoys being in a tree out of a dog and a cat. You could easily build a treehouse for a cat. I would never do that, Michael. No? No. I hate them. What... What... Is there... Is there a particular reason that you don't like cats? Oh. I mean, they're... They're rather pointless, aren't they? Pointless? They're just... Stroll about and pee on things, and usually pee in in, in a box. Oh, I don't know. It's disgusting. Dogs are the kind of the ones that pee, that just go wherever they feel yes, like. Yes, but a, a box of urine—it's <laughs> who would want that in a house? A box of urine and feces. Keep it in the basement oh with all God. the rest of the urine and the feces. No, you can. It just. You smell it everywhere. Well, you got to clean it a couple, like, a, uh, depending on how many cats you got, once or twice a day. I once lived above a man who had 14 cats. Wow. Yes. And that might be why you don't I like could cats. hear them at night yowling, and it, the, the place, smell it down, not in my apartment. My apartment was fine, but his apartment just, you could smell the, the cat urine through the window. Oof. It was disgusting. Yeah, that is rough. That must well, if you can't take care of fourteen, because ca- you'd have to clean the, the several times a day, one in order to get not make that smell not happen. One interesting detail: he passed away. Oh. And when they found him, uh, there was no furniture in the apartment, and there were only seventy high C juice boxes. <laughs> Scattered about the apartment. Were they and still his full? fourteen cats? Were they full or empty? Empty uh, boxes. Most, I believe, were empty. And that was just how he lived. Apparently, yes. Wow, that's sad. Yes. What happened to the cats? I believe they found good homes. That's I'm good. not sure. That's good. I don't know. You didn't follow up. I tried to block most of it from my memory. Yeah, yes. that's fair. That's that's kind of traumatic. That was also haunting. So, what would you tell a prospective uh, treehouse architect about uh, the path 
that mm. they if they if they want to take the same path as you. Yes. Do you have any advice or tips for them? I do. I I would say follow your vision, stay true to your vision, mm-hmm. and allow yourself the freedom to explore and to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I once built a treehouse out of bubble wrap. Bubble wrap? Entirely out of Entirely bubble wrap? out of bubble wrap. And it, uh, I didn't take into account, this was in uh, Minnesota, and the winters are brutal there. And mm-hmm. it froze the wrap, and as it thawed, the air deflated mm-hmm. from the wrap, and uh, it collapsed. And there was a six-year-old in it at the time. Uh, oh they made it out. They okay, were fine. Good. They were fine. They survived. Uh, but tr- traumatized. Yes. Clearly. Yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, that... I have a picture of the deflated bubble wrap house above my desk to remind me to take chances, but also the hubris, the, you know, don't fly too close to the sun Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, and that also so I have a picture of Icarus and then a picture of the deflated bubble house next to it Um, and I've had many questions as to what that meant Uh, (laughs) I usually have to explain it it's Yes. Kind of strange. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Patrick. Of course. You have been a wonderful uh, and uh, patient guest. I, 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 it was mostly a pleasure, <laughs> uh, Michael. I, we had our moments. I would appreciate if you would edit out uh, most of that conversation involving uh, my, your dead my wife. wife. My, my wife. I will do my best. All right. <laughs> I guess that's all we can ask for. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to the show. This has been a wonderful episode. Make sure you guys follow Virginia Violet and the Rays on Bandcamp. Go to virginiavioletandtherays.bandcamp.com. Make sure to find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And Patrick, is there uh, anywhere that people can find more about you? Uh, just Google uh, Patrick Foon Treehouse. My my, uh, I'll give my email address. Uh, my uh, website is Foon Treehouse stars dot biz why stars uh, uh, Foon Treehouse was taken (laughs) and I had to add some I know that's uncanny it's it's a it's somewhere in Australia I don't know Uh, I think it's a bed and breakfast or something I'm not Mm. sure that makes sense yeah Foon Treehouse stars okay dot biz okay Well, thank you so much, Patrick, for being on the show. Of course. And here is Virginia Violet and the Rays with the song Terminal. We'll be back next week with the band Complainer and more fun. Bye. It's in
heard it all before, seen it all before, but I know, I know you're wrong. Even I could not repay you with all that I was taught today. Find yourself dreaming and scheming up ways to get out of this Michael Dupree Variety Hour is recorded in WAYN Radio Studio. Please remember to subscribe and review the show on iTunes if you're so inclined. And if you would like to find us on social media, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Michael Dupree VH. The theme song for the Michael Dupree Variety Hour is Don't Weigh Me Down by Broadcast 2000. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.